0: In this episode I think we'll we'll tackle Carmi and Richie and maybe their relationship to each other and maybe interactions that they have. We would like to talk first about Carmi, Richie, how it maybe ties into kind of our work.
1: Carmi and Richie are childhood friends and non-family family and that is a significant aspect of their relationship. I see so much more significant change in Richie than I do in Carmi throughout the whole two seasons. And that's intentional. I don't, I, I don't think that that's just my interpretation. And yet their relationship is consistent. So maybe that's a theme like one person changes but the relationship stays the same. I think that's a little bit unusual.
2: The thing that shows up for me in connection to working with groups that, that I've paid attention to between Richie and Carmi is that there is a, because of that family background, they, so they call them cousin. They call each other cousin, even though they're not family, blood family. There is this background, and you see it in a couple of the episodes of that family connection, that joint. They say "I love you," and they like just say the word, say the words, which is from an episode in the second se- season. But and what they want him, to, you know, what they want Carmi to say is "I love you," and it's like sort of this connection that they have underneath it all. So no matter what the turmoil is on the surface, they have this foundation that has been built over the years, and it's stronger than all the other stuff that might be going on in their lives. And so I feel like organizationally, when I work with groups, if, if there is a organization, you can see when they have that really strong foundation, they can work through some really tough stuff because they have some common trust and respect for one another. And they know that everybody's doing something in each other's best interests, even if it sucks in the moment, even if it's difficult in the moment and those sorts of things. So I think that that's, that's one of the interactions between those two is that it gets heated between them several times throughout the season, including in the very end of season two. But like, I think you you know that there's this layer underneath. And Carmi actually establishes that with other people as well as he introduces the sign language for I'm sorry, that rubbing of his chest just, and sort of that, like, this is hard. We're doing things that are probably not great for one another, but we love each other underneath. And so we can't forget that. And so I, I don't know, that's an interesting for me when I look at like the organizational dynamics of of groups that I've worked with. That's one of the things you're, you, we're trying to establish, right? It's that connection, that foundation. Because if they don't have that first, then they can't really dig into and work on the other cultural things that they might need to work on. So, I mean, I think it's that whole, I've heard from other, co- you know, connection before content kind of an idea. We, can, we have to build that foundation and that respect and that trust with one another before we can open the door to working on the difficult conversations. And so, I think that with carmi and Rich, that's sort of one of the dynamics that I picked up on. Um, they, they're they doing it through family.
1: And and there's an impermanence to the conflict, which I wish was part of the real world in some I mean, They have deep. I mean, at one point, Richie accidentally kind of gets stabbed, not profoundly, but there's a little, you know, the knife does go into his back. But I don't see the show as like holding on to the conflict themes necessarily. There's not a lot of rehashing. So I think that one thing that I wish that I could bring more into my work and maybe even into my life is like you have a a conflict or something that gets heated. How do you take the learning from that, have the deep relationships that you're talking about, Chris, but that that exact situation doesn't keep getting rehashed and rehashed and rehashed?
0: There's also like a a pace to it that, Part of my dislike for Richie as a character early on was his interactions and the way he treated Kami. The, the anchoring point, the connection point between them is that they've just lost someone they love dearly. It's it centered around like this ownership of this restaurant. How do we keep the restaurant alive? But the thing that connects him is Mikey. Richie's somewhat resentment to Kami it was Richie was there. Richie was there through all of the running of the beef. And then Kami has only shown up after uh, Mikey has passed. And there's a big part of like Kami's story is his absence. So I think like the connecting part is as much as there's family as connection. I see so much uh, conflict between them is because there is that level of resentment. There's a particular like arc that appears throughout, I think, is the letter that Mikey left for Kami hidden behind the lockers that M- Richie identifies and finds and then rehides. And it, and, it, and it takes Richie to have a real change in character and a real change in the dynamic for him to reveal to Kami that this letter existed, which was actually integral to the storyline that actually makes the whole place survive. So there's this kind of like, without that some of that conflict, but the reason I said pacing earlier is that like, there's no there's no way that they can either, ever uh, stay on a conflict area because the pace of the show and the pace of the reality of the business they're running is like you can't, we could not stop. We have to keep going. We have to keep moving forward. We can't ho- we can't uh, stay on this moment because you know, if we do this then the business goes under. They have to keep moving.
1: And what you just said Phil makes me think about in our work we often work with groups to create touchstones or norms or whatever we call it. For me the word touchstone is coming up. And what you're talking about is that common loss of Mikey and the love that they had for Mikey that is a touchstone that allows them to make that conflict temporary and impermanent. I don't want to reach too much to make connections to our work that isn't there but the one that just came to me was the importance of having a reset, a touchstone that like what wait, what's our purpose? We have this common relationship with Mikey. That's why
0: I think organizations go really hard on creating a mission and like, well, we're going to follow the mission, this is the mission. And I think the reason the reasons they often fail is because they're not reminded drawn back to, okay, I get that. But like, what's the actual mission? Where's the, where, what are we aiming towards? And I think that they are just a much deeper emotional mission because it's not just about keeping the business alive, but like it's honoring the, the loss, right? Like we've just lost Mikey. So this is why we need to keep moving forwards and we can't focus on those things. So how do we create those kind of moments for the groups we're working with? And I think going back to like the organization that I worked at uh, recently where I was having resistance to maybe like people wanting to change and stuff is, you know, I said to them very clearly, like, we're trying to make a good program so that your kids have a really positive experience and also that we protect them, keep them physically safe, emotionally safe. Like that's our aims when we're creating this program. And it isn't, this day isn't about me just saying, look, you've been doing this wrong and you getting upset about me telling you got it wrong. Like, I think that that's where the energy is taken in a different way. And so trying to anchor it to that mission is important.
2: Yeah. I mean, each, each of these characters that we talk about has this coming to purpose, which is something I shared with you in our messages earlier, but just this, when there's an alignment between the staff of an organization and the mission of the organization. I've talked about this with my students as I'm doing leadership development and putting people out there into the recreation world is when you're interviewing at a place, they're going to be asking you a lot of hard questions to see if you fit within their organization, but you should be asking just as many back to see if the organization will support you in your purpose and your mission. And, and so you have to know what that is. In the show, these characters in the beginning seem to lack purpose or connection aside from the family tie, right? So like Richie's there and he knows why he's there because of the job he has to show up to do and to support Mikey's memory and, and keep the beef going and the tra- support the traditions. He gets really anchored into the neighborhood going away and all these things that he – he laments that in the one episode in particular, just really is sad that the 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 neighborhood's changing, everything's changing, and he doesn't he doesn't know how he fits in this new world. And so that, that I think that's his story arc, right? So like when he finds out what his purpose is and he starts to have that's when you start to see that change. And it comes in two parts for me with him. Well, the first one is, you know, the whole letter piece, which is like he even said like why didn't you give it to me before? And it's, it's like, well, if I gave it to you before, it means Mikey's gone. You know, like it was sort of this recognition of like, I actually need to take this step away from mourning Mikey to the, you know, what's the next thing? And so that's the first part. And then later in episode, in season two, when he goes and finds his purpose within the business. And though both of those are interactions with Carmen and, and one is more passively with Carmen, but the second one is Carmen... And they don't play this up, actually, very much. They do a little bit in, in later conversations, but that, that Carmen intentionally sent him on this this like pilgrimage to find his purpose and his connection to what they're doing.
0: Let's delve further into that. So it's season two, episode seven, and the episode is called Forks. The general overview of this episode is that it's a really a Richie focused episode. He is sent by Carmen to become an intern and, and become what is known as a stage. I was looking up some of the terminology here. Phil, in editing mode here, I just want to add a correction. I have pronounced this role as stage. The actual pronunciation of this is stage. It is French for internship. Stagiaire means a trainee or an intern. So stage is short for stagiaire, and the pronunciation is stage. In the role that, that Richie has to do, he has to polish forks. That's all his rollers for nine hours a day just polishing forks. He then gets introduced to another character known as the expediter. The expediter's role is to ensure that like food is getting to the table on time and has this big like kind of system and focus and flow. And there's intentionality that you're right, it doesn't get brought up that like that Kami was intentional when he sent him to this place. But we even as observers don't realize that until right at the end, like in the interaction that Richie has with the owner of the of the restaurant. And there's this really wonderful conversation about finding purpose. And it leads to a quote, every second counts, which is like focused a lot in the episode. What has Carmi done so wonderfully from a leadership perspective as a leader to allow Richie to find purpose?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to my mind with that question, Phil, is that Carmi was not leading that charge of like, you are going to go and find purpose even though that may have been very intentional, it seemed to Richie, at least from my viewing, that it was on his own terms, not on Carmi's terms. And so Richie could have had a different discovery and I think it still would have met Carmi's goal of sending him to that restaurant and having that short-term internship. So I think there's something about supporting someone without being too prescriptive in the outcome that is really important and allowing those discoveries to be personal and organic.
2: Yeah, the one thing that I was thinking about with this from a leader perspective, because I love how you framed that, Phil, that that we're looking at it from what Carmi does from a leadership. It's the same thing that I think all of us have experienced at some point. What do we do as work? We we do team development. But what's the one group of people that I can't do team development with? It's my own staff. Professional development can't come from me. You know, we can't work on our own house, so to speak. So when I, culturally, if... At Shavers Creek, we need some work done. It's very difficult for me to lead that because I then can't participate in the same way in that development and that cultural change. I have I become a facilitator. Now, there's things I need to be doing, obviously, from a leader of a group of people. But when it comes to that professional development, finding purpose, it, it was almost like Carmi knew. like I can't be the one who sits there and makes and polish forks. Even though that's what he needs to do and he needs to learn the respect for the business and the respect for the roles all along the way and getting to that point where he could be the expo. There's this recognition that he couldn't be the one that did that for him, that that relationship and that history wouldn't allow for that. So he needed to send him off to do professional development somewhere else and bring that back with him.
1: And then it also makes me think about repetitive tasks of whether it's peeling those mushrooms or polishing those forks kind of reminds me of uh, when the builders sit here in our hallway and they make cargo nets all day long and how critically important that is to a more front-facing person who gets out gets to go out and be like here's your cargo net i had nothing to do with the creation of that cargo net and you know whether it's a builder or a trainer like those are equally important
2: Beautiful parallel, actually, just thinking about like on the front lines as a trainer, we get to show them, hey, look at all this thing that you get to play with. But I think that all of us in our careers have have spent some time gaining respect for what goes on behind the scenes that allows that experience to be created. I I love that at High Five, the tradition of all the new builders go through trainings to learn that foundational element. And I mean, it did give me a really strong appreciation for all the things that go on behind the scenes that allow that experience to happen for those people. And so for Richie, it's it's sort of, he needed to learn all that stuff in the background so that he could respect the dining experience that he was able to create. I wrote down as like some
0: one awareness that he had that I think once again, Kami had placed him into this position so he could experience this, was that the, the dining of someone coming in, isn't a dine, like you're not just eating to consume, it was a dining experience and every person in that uh, restaurant had a role that was integral to the overall experience. Like he was devaluing the need for the forks, but like, they were like, no, the forks need to have no smudges on and no marks on them. Cause every single part of that process is towards the greater experience. There's a really wonderful moment in where he, you know, he's learned, he's taught how to listen and be really intentional with his, with the people that he's working with. He's, he's essentially doing what we tell facilitators is reading the group, right? Like when we say like, Oh, you, to be a better facilitator, you need to be better at reading the group. It's really just like, we're better at listening. We're better at, we're trying to listen to everything that's being said. And we're, how, how do we meet their needs? And he ends up getting pizza for like a table and he sees the impact that it has on, the, on the, them and I think that's when he starts to have this bitter awareness of purpose. It's not about like just feeding people. It's about like, how do we create an experience? And I think about that from training. Like I'm not going to train people just so they know how to belay. I want to create like this experience that they had this really fun experience. They They feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And once you find these quote unquote champions of the industry, I often call them, they're the ones who make the best facilitators because they, just, you're just passionate about it. When I first started in this industry, I used to just set up and take down, set up and take down, set up and take down and just belay and belay and belay. Like Those hours of doing that stuff make me understand like the excitement and the passion and the energy for the industry more rather than I, I can't wait for someone to go on, on the zip and say how much they love the ex- experience.
1: How important is it do you both think that the cast and all the characters that you named are not similar, like there's a range in age, ethnicity, life story. How important is that in some of these themes that we've been talking about?
2: I think it's a, one of the big values of the show, and sort of uh, one of the lessons that I think people should be pulling from this show is a lot of what's happening in the arc of this restaurant is them all seeing each other authentically. You know, because they don't see they they're seeing each other through a specific lens of stereotypes, and you see it very very obviously when when Sid comes in as the new person. But you know, each one of them has this movement to their authentic self because they're seen by their for their value and their strengths that they bring to the team that maybe were overlooked or not seen or not appreciated earlier in the show. And so I I think that's an arc that we're hoping that I hope that. That organizations go through each person who comes to work at that place, from a leadership development, you know, from a from a group dynamic standpoint, is showing up authentically. I, I in one of my lessons, there's a mistake on one of my slides in my class when I'm talking about inclusion, and it, it it says one of the goals is to make sure everyone feels included, and I hate that sentence because they shouldn't feel included; they should actually be included. Like feeling is is a surface level but being included is a more authentic piece. And I, and I haven't corrected the slide in five years because I talk about it every time. I'm like, that's wrong. It shouldn't be just a feeling that we're trying to gloss over and give somebody. We should actually be creating procedures and processes so that everybody actually is included in this process. And I think, I think that we see that in the this, in this show, each of them finding their purpose, but in doing that, the other characters seeing them for value. And 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 to the Richie Carmen connection here is that in the conversation between the head chef at the restaurant and Richie, you hear how glowingly Carmi spoke of Richie. He didn't do it directly to him necessarily, although he does occasionally, but like he was speaking so highly of Richie to this head chef of this top restaurant in the, in the city. Like you sort of see this recognition of that, like, no, I see him for who he is. And that's why I sent him there. I think that Kami is, could be seen as very pretentious early on in terms of the,
0: these fastidious nature of cooking and his love of like the food. Richie could be seen as like, he's just about the people. He just, he doesn't care about the food. He cares about the people. What I like about both of them is that they're they're both of their purposes are valid. And both of them uh, are helpful to the organization. And there's a realization, I think, that Richie has – of Kami and vice versa, that they don't have to both l- like and have the exact same direction when it comes to their purpose to benefit the larger organization and the larger organism. Because towards the end, we're still focusing on Kami, really loving his food and being really f- detail focused on the food. And then we've really focus on the, on the strength that Richie has. And Richie is just a wonderful connector of human beings when it comes to the clients. And so then when he gets, finds that's his purpose, that's the success path. There's, there's no intention that they both need to like what the other person likes or for their purpose to be the same, for it still to be heading in the same direction. Thank you once again for joining us. Hopefully this has sparked some interest or some thoughts around those kind of dynamics and how we can tie in this work into or the show into our work. Um, anytime I find that you bring some kind of pop culture reference or something tangible that people could watch and say like, this is how this interpl- interplays is excited for us as educators, because now we get to like tie it to something that maybe people are aware of, or if they're not, they can seek it out and have more awareness. Thanks once again to uh, Chris and Lisa for joining us on this episode. And I will see you or well, you'll hear us. You'll never see us unless you let's see a promo, but you'll definitely hear us into your ear canals at a later date.
2: Thanks for listening to Vertical Playtime.
0: And then, what about? Thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast. Can you do it? Okay, try.
2: Thanks for giving Article Path a guy. <laughs>